fruit. So let's get into the word. You guys ready? Yeah. Yes, good, good, good. Everybody sleep well? Yeah. Everybody sleep well? <laughs> you know, I was, I was amazed because we had the partnership classes and I was seeing see how that was going to turn out and we had a very good turnout. And so um, praise God for that. That's very, very, very good. And so, yeah, that, they came in at 9 o'clock. So, and the time change. And it was raining. And we had one here before us before we even got here. That was excellent, excellent. Anyway, let's get to the word. So the word talking about dream, about dreaming or about a dream. And so I went, to the, I went to the internet and saw actually what a dream is, and everybody knows actually what it is. But according to the poll conducted in Newsweek, 43% of the Americans believe that dreams reveal, uh, dreams reveal unconscious desires and wishes. Okay. They reveal, um, um, this is not the Bible, this is Newsweek, all right? And sometimes we go more on what the world says than actually what the Word says. Now, I, I want to say something real quick. I know that there's a virus out there called coronavirus, and I know it's serious, but sometimes, no, many times the world escalated a lot higher than actually what it is. And so we, we need to be concerned as, as a church but not worried, Amen. right? We need to take care of ourselves. I'm not saying not, don't take care of yourself. I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but this is what, this is what, the, this is what Newsweek is saying, that 43% of Americans believe that dreams revealed unconscious desires and wishes. Now, dreams, it, this is also through Newsweek. They said dreams about falling, dreams about being naked in public. I don't know who does that. Uh, dreams, dreams about being chased. I know I have had dreams about being chased. Uh, losing teeth, I've never, as of yet, and I know I'm almost 60, I haven't had that dream yet, maybe later on. I do know a guy that only has like four teeth. Uh, dreams about dying, I'm pretty sure that almost everybody has had that type of dream uh, one time or another. Uh, about taking a test, about infidelity, about flying, about pregnancy. Now, let me just stop right here because I want to talk about infidelity right here. And I remember when my wife and I first got married, I didn't fall into infidelity. Don't, don't be looking at me like that. I remember when my wife and I, we first, we first got married, and uh, about, we were about maybe a week in our, into our marriage, and I got woken up with, with her hitting me. <laughs> pushing me, hitting me. And I said, I went, whoa, what, you know, you're, you're in your deep sleep and you get hit. What is going on? And she tells me, I had a dream. I had a dream that you were unfaithful, and she describes the woman to me. Never met the woman in my life. <laughs> she was like this. She had this type of hair and so forth, and she was tall, and, and, I, and I'm looking at her, and, like, and I hugged her, and I said, don't worry. I love you. You know, I'm going to be faithful to you. And, all right. About two weeks later, <laughs> the same thing. I got woken up by, by getting hit again. Not the same woman, a different woman, of course. And so I get, got woken up by being hit, and, and I said to myself, and I hugged her, and, I, and afterwards, and I assured her, and, you know, I love you, and I care for you, you know, I'm, I'm going to walk with you. And, and I said, this, this inside of me, my, I said, this can't happen. One of these days he's going to hit me with a pan or, or, <laughs> or stab me or do something serious. And it's based on a dream. And so um, 
The next time, about a month later, she had a dream again, and I said, okay, let me just clarify something about this. This is your dream, not mine. <laughs> I understand if you hit me, if it was my dream, but you got to stop it. First of all, you got to take your dreams under control, and secondly, stop hitting me when you have those types of dreams. So what I'm saying right here that God can speak through dreams, and we're going to talk about that right now. But also, because, because sometimes we eat too much, we have dreams. And then also the enemy comes in to kill, to steal, kill, and to destroy. And he uses dreams to do those three things. And so we have to bring it under the dream. And I'm all a believer of, of signs and wonders and dreams. But everything has to be brought under the word. Amen. If not, we're going to be moving by our emotions. So everything has to be placed under the word, brought under the word. Even our dreams of the prophetic word has to be placed. Is this God or is this myself or is this maybe just my wishes, my desires? I'm not talking about infidelity. Are my wishes, my desires? So we got to bring everything under the word. You understanding that? So, yes, does God still work through dreams today? Yes, he does. But we also have to be careful that it's not through our own wishes, desires, or permitting the enemy to steal our joy. All right? So there's sometimes that I have a dream that I, uh, even today, I, I wake up kind of disturbed. And I, I bring it before the Lord. I said, Lord, is this you or is this not? And I don't worry about it afterwards. Joel chapter 2, verse 28. Uh, the book of Joel, this is where the Peter quotes this in the time of Acts. It says, then after doing all those things, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Now, God is speaking not just to the people of Israel, but saying all people. In other words, he's talking about his, his come for a people. All right? Yes, the people of Israel, the chosen, chosen ones, but now he's talking about one man or a people today. We are his people. We are his church today. God has chosen his church. And I want you to know this. There's not going to be another plan. This is it. This is it. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. So the old men will dream dreams. Now, if you're dreaming and you're owning your teenagers, don't worry, teenage years, don't worry about it. But your young men will see vision. So there's a difference between a vision and a dream or a dream and a vision because you can be awake and you can have a vision revealed to you that God is speaking to you and you see things like it is a dream, but the Lord is speaking to you. You're understanding this? So there, there, are, there, are, there are things called vision. Now, I want to talk a little bit about, about Joseph's story in a nutshell right here. Like Pico said last week, it's like a, a, a novella or it's like a, a soap opera. But um, uh, in the story of Joseph, if you already know this, uh, this may be just a, a recap for you. If you don't, well, hopefully you learn something. In the book of Genesis between chapter 37 to 50, we see that Joseph is the first son of Rachel. Um, now, Jacob had two wives and two concubines, and out of that had 12 children. Joseph was the oldest of Rachel. Now, this is where Jacob loved the most was, was Rachel. Um, I won't go too much on how he was duped, but, you know, I don't understand how he didn't know until the morning. But we'll go, we'll go for, on that, right? My wife, that's right. The 11th son of Jacob, because, because why? Because Rachel had another son called Benjamin. And so Joseph is the favorite of Jacob. 
Why? Because he loves Rachel. And it's very, very important because I want to stop right there because God doesn't have favorites. God's word proves it that he doesn't have favorites. They were that 12 or actually more than 12. If you look at John chapter 6 about Jesus being the bread of life, about disciples, over 70 disciples, and some walked away from the Lord. But these 12 disciples God chose, or over 12 disciples God chose, some walked away. 12 that are very well known. And out of those 12, three were very close to Jesus. Let me repeat this. Three were very close to Jesus. Not what Jesus was close to them. And there was one that dared to lay his head upon the chest of Jesus. All right? In other words, how close do you want to be? Because many times we always blame it on someone else because of our failures. My question to you, church, is how close do you want to walk? How close do you want to be with Christ? All right, let's go on. And so I believe that, that because of this, that, that Joseph was very close to the father. And he loved Joseph more. And this is what the word says in Genesis chapter 37, verse 3. He loved Joseph more than the rest of his brothers. Not that he didn't love his brothers, but he loved them the most. All the sons of Joseph was, uh, were preferred by his father and, and, gave, and, and Jacob gave him a coat of many colors. So he gives him a coat of many colors. Joseph grows up because of this to be very conceited in his young age, very conceited. And so as a teenager, Joseph would go back and give report to the father on what his older brothers, the Simeon and, and Reuben and Levi and Judah, what they were doing, how they were doing things wrong, and, and how they weren't in following their father's instructions. So he would go back and give this type of report to Jacob, the father, and, and Jacob knew about things beforehand or after this, this time. So Jacob uh, was dealing, or excuse me, Joseph was dealing with a lot of immaturity. Now, you can be... 59 years of age and still be very mature. I'm 59. You can be immature, like, maybe more immature than somebody that's 20. Age holds a factor but doesn't hold the whole factor. Are you understanding this? Some people can be 20 and they're mature behind their, their, their age because they've, they've, why? They have placed practical reasoning and instruction over their life. They're receiving instruction. And let me just say something for the, for the teenagers and the, and the young people. You don't know it all. Thank you, Dad. You don't know it all. There's time. This is going to be, this is the time that you think that you know it all. And you're going to find out in your late 20s that you really don't know it all. And hopefully it's not going to be too late that you made so many mistakes. You could still learn. But, but there was a lot of great, a lot of immaturity in, in Joseph's life. A lot of selfishness, immaturity, a lot of lack of wisdom. And when Joseph was 17, he had two dreams. The first dream was this. Joseph saw his brother's um, bundles of, of grain and his bundles of the, the bundles of grain of their brothers bowed down before Joseph. Then he had a second dream that the son, which is the father, not talking about the son, son, but the son up there, the moon, the mother, and the 11 stars, the brothers bowed down before Joseph. This is in Genesis 
chapter 37, verses 5 through 11. We're not going to read that. But they all bowed down. So he speaks to the brothers about this, very conceited, to say, hey, you know what? You know what's going to happen? I had a dream that one of these days that I'm going to have authority over you, and you're going to bow down over me. Now, if your younger brother or sister would tell you this, how would you react? Let me take you out to the back, back of the woods. Let me, let me teach you a lesson. And so this is what was happening with Joseph. But now he dares to tell the father and the mother or the father the dream that he has about the father and mother. That not just the brothers are going to bow down before him, but also the father and the mother are going to bow down before him. And so God had to do something because God is speaking to him prophetically. And God, God had to do something with him. And God had to work in his immaturity, in his character. Let me say this. You might have great giftings, but if you lack character, you're going to be destructive. You may have great giftings, whether into speaking or into or to business or to music or, or teaching, whatever it may be. But if your character doesn't match up with your gifting, you're going to destroy yourself and other people. And because God has chosen Joseph to be the second in command, and God has chosen Joseph for great things, God, was going to, God the Father was going to mature him. Now, going through the test is not easy. Let me say this one more time. Going through the test is not easy. But I want you to know this. The greater the dream, the greater the test. What is your dream? How have you, how, what has God revealed to you? So don't just think that God is going to come down from heaven and say, there it is, my son. I love you so much. It's okay if you destroy people because I love you. No, God loves people. And that's why he gave his son, Jesus Christ, as for the ransom for us all. And because God loves people, he wants to bring all of us into maturity. Now let's go on. Later, now, now, now Joseph has a problem here because he's going to his brothers and his brothers see him and they place him in a pit to die. Many of us already know this story that he, they're sold to the, he is sold to the Ishmaelites. The Ishmaelites sell him to Egypt. Egypt, or he's placed into Potiphar's home uh, and became the head of the home because of his giftings. He's become the head of the home. Later, Potiphar's wife tempts him to sleep with him, not just once, but several times. Joseph refused to sleep with Potiphar's wife, and because she, she lies, is placed into prison. Now, let me ask you this. Just let me stop right here. How many of us would be complaining with God and say, look, God, uh, you, you've given me this great, great dream. My brothers hate me. They want to kill me. They place me in, in, a, in a pit. He doesn't know this right now, but they, they go back, and his father's believing that Joseph is already dead. He's sold to Egypt and is now a slave or working in Potiphar's house. And now a false accusation, now he's placed into prison, not just for several months, for 10 years. He's in Potiphar's house for three years and is placed in prison for 10 years. Why? Because God was more focused on his character than his gift. Two years have passed. I'm, I'm just going to be repeating what I'm saying right here. Uh, Pharaoh 
uh, two years have passed after, after, after the dream, or after, excuse me, later on in prison, Joseph is able to interpret the dreams of the butler and the, and the baker, and he predicts that the butler will be uh, exonerated in three days and also his, will be restored by Pharaoh's service, and later the baker will be placed to death. Now, two years after this has passed, Joseph right here is almost 30 years of age, and he was, he was, he was sold into slavery at the age of 17. Pharaoh also, Pharaoh also dreams two dreams. The first dream, he sees seven uh, fat calves and seven skinny calves. Now, the seven skinny calves eat the seven fat calves. And he also has another dream about the ears of the corn. He sees seven ears of the corn that are, that are dried up, eating the ears of the corn that are plump, and they don't, they don't, they don't change at all. So, be, so Joseph is a dreamer, but his ace also, the connection with God, is able to interpret. So Joseph interprets the dream of, of Pharaoh. And because of that, he's placed into the right hand of Pharaoh. He says that seven years that they're going to go ahead and go to seven years of plenty and then seven years of famine. Is the age of 30, seven years of plenty comes into 37. Two years of famine, this is where the issue where his brothers come in into Egypt. And then afterwards, more or less a year later, they find out that, that Benjamin more or less comes, comes back. So right here, he's more or less at the age of 40 without seeing his father, 23 years without seeing his father. I just, I, numbers are important for me. It brings me to reality. 23 years. Thank you. A long time. How long have you had a dream? And you're about ready to give up. I know God has given me a dream. I know many times I have been, I have thought about giving up in several situations. I got three points I want to share with you today. You thought that was it. That was not it. One is that there's several dreamers in the Bible. I'm not going to talk about all of them, but we'll talk about a few of them. One is Jacob. One is Jacob also. Jacob in Genesis chapter 28, it, 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 this is prophecy right here. If you notice that every one of these that we'll be talking about right here is prophecy. Jacob has a dream and the prophetic word comes alive in his life. Joseph, or God speaks with him. Joseph has a dream in Genesis chapter 37. Once again, this is prophecy. Pharaoh, a non-believer, has a dream. Joseph is able to interpret this in, in Genesis chapter 41. Nebuchadnezzar, also a non-believer. Daniel is able to interpret this dream. And once again, on Daniel chapter 15, we're talking about prophecy. Joseph, in the New Testament, the husband of Mary, he has a dream actually to not to, to abandon Mary and then also to take, to take his son and Mary to Egypt. Prophecy. Okay? Then we have the wise men taking the gift to, Je to Jesus. They have a dream. God speaking through what? Through a prophetic word. The Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 16 he is called by the Lord through the prophetic word to go to the Gentiles, not just to go to the Jews. 
In other words, that Jesus is for everyone. We can talk about all these we're talking about here is dealing with prophecy. It's a prophetic word. Now, prophecy is to edify, is to build up. In the Old Testament, it is used many times, is uh, thus saith the Lord. And as many times, it's for correction, it's for bringing down. But in the New Testament, it's used to build, it is used to, bring, build, to build up. And I want you to know this, everyone has a dream. You don't have to be special. Everyone has a dream. Point number two. I want you to, if, when you have a dream, not if, permit God to work in your life. Many times we are the biggest enemies towards God. Me. Why? Because I want it my way. How I want it, what I believe, how I think how things should go. I want to control the situation. When Picos was talking about last week, trust in God. I want to control even my dreams on how God is speaking and how God is going to walk through the prophetic ways. And we got to permit God to do what he needs to do. Now, Jacob wrestled last week, Picos was talking about this, with the angel of the Lord all night long. My question to you today, are you wrestling with God today? Are you wrestling with God? Now, in Revelation chapter 3, verse, verse 20, we have to permit God to work in us. He will not force himself on us. God's word says this, look, I stand at the door and knock. Now, Jesus is speaking, and he says, if you hear my voice and open, my, and open the door, I will come in and we'll share a meal together as friends. That is wonderful. To sit down and share a meal. You know how you really know people? It's through fellowship. It's just sharing a meal. That's why we, we encourage you not to run out. Invite somebody on Sunday. You don't have to pay for them, but invite somebody on Sunday. Invite somebody during the week. If you can't do it on Sunday, you're working. Invite somebody during the week. Fellowship. As well as they need it, you need it. You can be an instrument on sharing God's word to somebody else. Now, the word says here, he, he, they know my voice and open the door. I will come in. In other words, he's a gentleman. He's not going to force himself upon our life. Well, if, God, if this is God's will, he's just going to make me do this. Well, it is God's will, but also we have a will. We have a will. From the beginning to the very end, we have a will. Either we submit, we obey, we fall in line with the word of God, or we reject it. So he's not going to force himself on, on, on you. He will speak to you like a gentleman, and he'll come to us also. When God gives you a dream, it is not about you only. See, that's what Joseph thought. Look at me. Look who I'm going to be. I'm, I'm going I'm I'm to be your ruler. I'm going to be your Lord. I'm, I'm going to be everything for you. And his brother said, you know what? Let's kill this guy. We're tired of this guy. How much hate did they have? They start to think about, you know what? Let's just take his life. And so 
the dreams that God gives you is not about you only. This is what Joseph believed until God gave him a revelation of his word. Now, we are called to be a blessing. I want you to know this. You are called to be a blessing. You're called to be a blessing. Now, let's go to right here, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13. So Christ himself gave the apostles, gave the, apostles the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers. I'm going to stop right there and come back. Let's look at your, let's pick up any hand, your right hand or your left hand. The apostle is a thumb. He can touch all the other, all the other ones, the pastors, the evangelists, the teachers. Okay, they can touch, touch all of them. The next one is your pointing finger would be, the, would be what? Prophet. The prophet. prophet. Thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. Okay? And then if you look like this, if you hand like this, the one more, more noticeable is which one? The middle one. That's the evangelist. The evangelist is coming to town. Let's go ahead and just flock in. And he's got a word. Then you have the pastor. The pastor places ring finger on this one. He makes a commitment with God and also with the church. It's not like the evangelist going from town to town to town to town. I'm not saying that pastor can't be an evangelist, but the pastor makes a commitment. And then you have your small ear. Your small ear. You have your small mouth finger. Usually with this finger, not unless you have big ears, you clean out your ear with this finger. So that's what the teacher does. He clears out the wax so we can able to hear well the word of God. But look what the word says right here. To equip people for the works of service. Not for them to shine. Not for them to be special. Not to them to say, look at me. What are they, what's their purpose? To equip God's people for what? The service. Not just the come to service, but to serve the Lord. So one of our responsibilities is to equip God's people what for service. That's why we're so much into God's word on that not just you coming and sitting and receiving, but also that you would be a blessing. That's why we have partnership classes. So that the body of Christ will be, will be, will be built up. This is why we, we want to build up the body of Christ. Because one day, one is going to fall, and we need to lift them up. Until we reach into the unity of the faith of the knowledge of the Son of God. Now, when is this going to happen? When he comes. Okay? The unity. And become mature. See, this is what God wants us to do. Can we all say it together? Become Become, become, have you ever acted in an immature way? Just yesterday? Yes. (laughs) Some honest people here. So even though you're, whatever your age you are, sometimes we act or do things in an immature way. And immaturity always points into what? To me. How I want things. How I'm seeing things. Immaturity is selfish. It's always me. Me, 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 me. And you fill your cup up and there's still not enough. Immaturity. So that's why the Lord is calling us to be mature, obtaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Now, God will never give, give you a dream or a gift to lord it over people. Let me repeat this one more time. 
God will never give you a dream or a gift so that you can lord it over people. Point number three to finish. Don't lose hope. Don't lose hope. Don't give up. See, Satan come, has come to do three things. To steal, to kill, to destroy. Three areas. That's his job. That's his function. And that's what he does best. To kill, to steal, excuse me, to steal, to kill, to destroy. So I'm going to encourage you not to give up. The process of being molded in the hands of the living God is not easy. See, when, when God is, is doing something, he is working this to glory to glory in maturity. And what God wants us to do is to mature in him. So the process of being molded in, the, in God's hands, I want you to know it is not easy. It, it's not easy. Our flesh comes against it. Our will sometimes comes against it. What I desire, what I want, we want to do things our own way. And I'm starting with talking about myself here. We want to do things our own way. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 64, verse 8. You know, I want you to know this is easier for us to give up than to go forward. Let me say this one more time. When things get difficult, it is easy for me to give up than to push forward. And that's why the enemy always wants us to give up. We can never be more than conquerors by giving up. Isaiah chapter 64, verse 8. And yet, the Lord, you are our God. We are the clay, and you are the, the potter. We all are formed in your hand, by your hands. See, what a potter does with the clay, he forms it. And when it's not coming out the way he wants it to do, he starts all over. And when does that, the clay say, hey, I'm okay? Creation never says, I'm all right with this. The potter is always looking at the creator, is always looking and says, you're not formed the way I want you to be formed. Because of this, I'm going to break you, and I'm going to start all over. Can we all say an ouch? I don't like being broken. It hurts. It hurts to the core. There's sometimes when I'm being broken, I, there's some insecurity issues in my life. Being broken, is, there's some doubts in my life. Being broken, I even question, is, is, is God with me? Being broken is a time of destitute. And being broken is a time that we come before the Lord and we even question, God, are you alive? And I want you to know he is. And I want you to know that you are his son, you are his daughter, and I want you to know that he loves you so much. And if you're going through the process of being broken today, the issue is not God's love, that he doesn't love you. He's doing this because he does love you. 
And God wants to do, make things in perfection and great and wonderful. One more verse I want to share with you and finish off with this. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. Two versions right here. King James Version and the NIV Version. Where there is no vision, the people perish. We've got to be visionaries. Thank you. Some of the problems, even in a marriage, neither one of them are visionaries. It's just whatever goes. Are you hearing me? We've got to be visionaries. There's got to be one person that's going to be a visionary. You've got another person that is well in government to keep everything in order. Because if not, sometimes the visionary goes so far that his by, he or she's by themselves. So we have to have vision in our home, in the government, in the church, in our workplace. You, you know, the reason that you have a job is because through your gifting, because of your, through your talent. It's not for you to get paid, even though you do get paid. But if you're doing it through your gifting, it's enjoyment, it's fulfilling. If it's not, it's only a job. The other version here says, where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. The people will perish. When there's no vision, the people, sooner or later, you can only maintain up until a certain level. Because there's no vision, it's going to come down. That's why God is always speaking even to today. That's why God is still speaking in your life, however, how old you are, if you're young or you're old. If, if God is still speaking and placing vision in you. Maybe you've had a dream or dreams, and because of circumstances, you have lost the hope and you have drifted away. Because of circumstances in your life, because of hard times, because of finances, because of relationship, because of illness, because of whatever it may be. And it just tore, it's, been, it's been tearing at you and tearing at you and tearing at you. And you've drifted away. Church, that's not the answer. Why? Because God the Father is calling you back. See, you can trust, you can obey, you can believe, but it's also important for us to dream. Dream. In your personal level, in your home, in your work, and in church. I got a dream that all Paso will come to a knowledge of who Jesus Christ is as a person, Lord, and Savior. We got a dream that the young people will worship the Lord with everything that they have. We got a dream that we will be God's hands and God's feet going out to the homeless and the hurting and feeding and being a blessing to them. We got a dream on educating people God's word and lies being transformed by the grace of God.
We got a dream that men will take their place. Hear me right. That men will take their place in the home. We got a dream that the woman will take their place also in the home. We got a dream that El Paso will know who Jesus Christ is as a personal Lord and Savior. Can we bow down our heads, please? Maybe because of circumstances, two things I want to pray for. Circumstances have just hit you, beat you, and you have said, in you, maybe in your heart and your mind, why dream? It is not coming, coming to pass anyway. Why should I dream? Why, why dream? It seems like the more I dream, the more problems I have. It seems like the more I, I reach out and seek the Lord, it seems like the more situations, and it seems like I'm, I'm placed into the pit once again. God is dealing with your character. He loves you so much. And he wants you to place, I want you to see your hands. Open up your hands and look at your hands. He wants to place great responsibility upon you. But he wants to make sure that you're going to be mature enough to handle it. He wants to make sure that you're not going to just be quitting and crying. But say, Lord, I'm, gonna, I'm in this to the end. I want to pray for the people that you believe that your dream has been crushed. Whether through finances, whether through business, through marriage, whether through serving the Lord, whether through your gifting. I want to pray with you. And the second one we want to pray with is that the, that you dream again. But you say, Lord, you've given me such great dreams and because of circumstances, I don't want to stop dreaming. but I put my, my life in your hands. So the first one, would you raise your hand? Because of circumstances, because of situations, and this is be real here, even leaders, if this is you, and you felt yourself maybe slowly drifting away, maybe your heart getting hard, or maybe saying, you know, why dream? Where is God? Would you raise your hand? Praise God. Put your on your hands now. God is good. And I also want to pray with you if to dream again. And that's for the whole church. That's for everyone. For the ones that raise their hands, Father, in Jesus' name. Whatever's going on, Father God, in their life, whatever circumstances, hard times, difficult times, illnesses, struggles, family, business, 
work issues, family issues, whatever it may be. Circumstances will not hinder them on going forward and dreaming. You're dealing, Father God, with their character. You're dealing, Father God, with their life. And I want you to know your life is more important than your gift. You're dealing, Father God, with our character, with my character, with our life. And can you say, Lord, I place my life in your hands. I place all the dreams that you've given unto me in your hands. I dream, I dream that my children will come and serve you. I put them in your hands. I dream that my husband, my wife will come to serve you. I have a dream that I'm going to open up a business. I put that in your hands. The Lord God be glorified and fear will not hinder my life. Cast away all fear, people. Fear is not going to be the controlling factor, but God's word. And Father, I pray, Father God, for the church now, that we will not stop dreaming. I will not stop dreaming. Even though I'm criticized, even though people don't understand, but you've given me this dream. And you have revealed it and you have confirmed it through your word. And I'm going to hold tight, Father God, to, on you. I will not give up. For I have a dream. And I will serve you. And to seek, Father God, your face. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. God is good. Amen. All the time. My wife is uh, be talking about Moses next week. And uh, I'm excited to hear that one. May the Lord bless you. Don't forget that the youth are getting together after service. And um, God bless.